get involved with possessed people. Actually, it's more of a guideline than a rule. And I know what I saw, and that's not what you're telling me what I saw. What's up, everybody? This is Josh. Welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. This is big number, uh, big number twenty-four for us. So next week will be uh, be an anniversary show for us, I guess. So, um, but yeah, how the hell are you guys? Um, hope everything's doing well. Um, and hope you guys are doing good. Let me see what I got here. I've got some uh, some show notes. Obviously, obviously, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about a couple different things today. Um, you know, aliens and, and, and fun shit like that. But then there's this really cool kind of bizarre story that I wanted to get into as well. Um, you can find us if you go to Facebook, everybody's on Facebook. Most of us are on Facebook, facebook.com slash ectoplasm show. That's a link, uh, to the, uh, to our Facebook page over there. And I, you know, I'm really trying to incorporate more, more stuff over there. Um, I, I really want to build that page up. Um, our Twitter is, you know, our Twitter is freaking outstanding. Um, you know, we have over, Jesus, like a couple grand over there as far as people. Um, that, if you wanted to find us on Twitter, at Ectoplasm Show. Um, and then obviously, uh, we always enjoy the email as well. So ectoplasm show at gmail.com is another way, another way to find us. So yeah, got that shit out of the way. Okay. So I, I, you know, I was coming across all this fun stuff. Um, as I do, I, I, I look online for fun stories and things like that to, uh, to share with you guys. And I've got this unexplained radio waves from space that are following a mathematical pattern. Okay? That's a little jacked up. It reminds me of, uh, what the hell was that movie? Contact. If you guys have seen the movie Contact, you know, they were, uh, receiving these really cool, um, you know, messages basically from space, uh, and they were all in, you know, prime number sequence, which is pretty sweet. Um, let me see what I got here. Okay. Strange, fast radio bursts have been detected from space since 2007. And astronomers today are no closer to solving the mystery of their origin. They're highly energetic. These radio, uh, radio pulses seem to be coming from a distance of several billion light years away. Now, that is insane. Okay? That is crazy. To think about. Says researcher Michael Hipke at the Institute of Data Analysis in Germany, along with his colleagues, studied 11 radio bursts that have occurred since 2007 and found that they share 
the same mathematical pattern. The key to determining the distance that the radio waves have traveled is their dispersion measure, okay? Which is what uh, tells the scientists how much dust and gas and other shit that the waves have basically passed through on their way then uh, before reaching Earth. Uh, Those that have passed through a lot of material originated at greater distances than those that have passed through very little. And that, you know, that makes sense. Um, It also says that radio bursts can occur at a wide range of frequencies. Now, low frequency waves are long and often slowed down while interacting with with matter, such as electron clouds, it says here. But then there's the high-frequency waves, which are very short, and they can travel long distances uh, relatively easily. So when radio bursts occur, the high-frequency ra- waves excuse me, arrive ahead of the lower-frequency ones. Okay? The time delay between the arrival of these waves is known as the dispersion measure, which I was talking about just a little bit ago. Um, so let's see what else it says here. Oh, okay. Upon plotting... The dispersion measure of the unusual radio burst, Hipke and his team surprisingly found that these dispersion measures are all integer multiples of the number 187.5. So 187.5. The chances of this pattern being a coincidence are estimated to be 5 in 10,000. So is there a chance that it's a coincidence? Maybe, but it's, it's slim. Now, one possible explanation is that the radio bursts are coming from the same direction rather than from uh, everywhere. Now, that would make some sense if somebody is actually trying to uh, send some kind of a message. Uh, The cause of the burst is unknown, but has been the subject of much speculation. Though unlikely, some have suggested that they could be communications by alien civilizations. Now, why do we say unlikely? Probably because we... You know, we haven't necessarily found them yet, but uh, but we are getting there. There was a story that just came out sometime uh, within the past week, basically is saying NASA says that in the past, or excuse me, in the next 10 years, they expect to basically have proof that there have been, that there is or has been life uh, on other planets and, and, and things of that nature. Now, they also said then within the next 25 years, they expect to have 100% uh, knowledge. Now, that's that's saying something right there. I mean, that's insane to me, but it is. it would be a lot of... It would be interesting to finally know uh, whether or not, you know, with 100% certainty... If we are alone in this, you know, in the universe, which is, I don't know, man, we either are or we aren't. And either way, it's terrifying either way you look at it. That's just my personal opinion, but it's terrifying anyway. So that being said, um, let's see. The cause of the bursts is unknown. We said that some suggest that the burst originated closer to Earth, possibly even from uh, the zillions of fucking satellites that we have, you know, floating around up there, which is also, I would say, a possibility. Um, it says, however, five new radio bursts not included in Hipke's study, study do not fit this mathematical pattern. Uh, 
another researcher at West Virginia University uh, and discoverer of the initial 2007 radio burst, believes this pattern will not hold up once scientists have a larger sample of radio bursts to study. So they're kind of waiting this out a little bit. Um, But yeah. So the senior astronomer and director of the SETI Institute, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence Research, um, he said, these fast radio bursts could conceivably be quote-unquote wake-up calls from other societies trying to prompt a response from any intelligent life that's outfitted with radio technology. He also says that, on the other hand, they could also be perfectly natural, astrophysical phenomena. So, at least the good people at SETI um, are keeping an open mind about this. I, I know that they want answers, and I mean they want answers. But at the same time, they don't want to jump to any conclusions either, which is, I think it's smart. I think it's very smart on their part. Uh, you don't want to go into it looking like looking like a moron. So, anyway, moving on. I want to, you know, I want to get into, uh, I want to get into the the main, you know, meat and potatoes. Well, actually, I'm going to go into this too. I'm going to go into this just a little bit. Speaking of, you know, aliens and all of this stuff, that terrifies me to know. No possible end. Um, it says, no one really knows whether we're alone in the universe or not. Um, but it hasn't stopped scientists from trying to figure out what form of intelligent aliens, what form they may take. Okay, so we always picture aliens as like these little green men, you know, with the with the gigantic, you know, almond-shaped eyes and, and things of that nature and the elongated skulls. Um... University of Barcelona, uh, Dr. Fergus Simpson, okay, is a cosmologist. So, intelligent alien species would likely exceed 300 kilograms. Now, for those of us that do not know how much 300 kilograms is, it would be a roughly 660 pounds. Roughly. 661 pounds. Um... With median body mass similar to that of a of a polar bear, okay, so that's what this dude is saying. So, um, in this, you know, it's kind of interesting. He's kind of trying to figure this out. It says if such a being had human proportions, Simpson was uh, telling the Huffington Post about all this. He says it would be taller than Robert Waldo. Who, if you guys don't know who Robert Waldo is, he was the the guy. Uh, supposedly the tallest man who ever who ever lived. He was uh, in at eight feet eleven inches tall, which is insane. Uh, but you know he's he's basically saying it would be taller than that, taller than eight feet eleven inches, so roughly nine feet tall. So it's crazy. He says he explained in a email, uh, and this is great. I'm going to read part of this email that he sent to the Huffington Post. Okay. So bear with me a little bit. It says ants, ants easily outnumber us because they are small. Our larger, our larger bodies require a much greater energy supply from the local resources. So it would be impossible for us to match the ant population. I think we can all agree with that. Now, now apply this concept to intelligent life across the universe. Now on average, 
we should expect physically larger species to have fewer individuals than the smaller species. And just like with countries, we should expect to be one of the bigger populations. So in other words, we're much more likely to find ourselves to be the ants among intelligent species. Again, it's it's comments like that that scare the shit out of me, and I'm moving on. I'm moving on. <laughs> Whatever. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Dr. Duncan Forgan. He says, I think the average size calculation is reasonable. Um, and that's terrible. God, it's absolutely terrible. So ultimately what they're saying is our, you know, what we call little, little green men. They're actually going to be you know, big green men before. <laughs> so who knows? Who freaking knows? And if you guys want to find that article, um, go to HuffingtonPost.com. And uh, the article, I think, is it says aliens might weigh as much as a polar bear and be taller than the tallest man who ever lived. That's the the title of the article, which I honestly, I freaking love the Huffington Post stuff. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, like I said, you know, we've talking about now I'm, I'm getting off of the alien subject. OK, I'm getting off of it because screw them. I don't I don't like them. But moving forward, you know, back I gotta gotta say this now. Back in the day, back in the day when Myron and I were doing this together, we we've actually talked about this uh, subject just a little bit. What I'm going to talk about here, and it's pretty fascinating. This is actually really fascinating stuff. Um, we're talking like reincarnation here. Okay, now not just necessarily like oh reincarnation or whatever. However, I'm gonna. This, okay, this 10-year-old boy says that he is a reincarnated Hollywood actor. Okay, now, not only does he claim this, it's weird because he has very, very detailed facts about this man. And, uh, yeah, the kid, like I said, he's 10 years old, okay? Um, <clears throat> so let's let's get into this a little bit here says, at four years of age, so the kid's four years old, and Ryan is his name. Ryan began waking up in the middle of the night, tortured by nightmares. His dreams are very detailed, vivid visions in which he was always in the body of another man. And this is, you know, all coming from his mother, anyway. And his mom says, his stories were so detailed and they were so extensive that it just wasn't like a child could have made it up. No, and I mean, those of us that have kids, kids have crazy imaginations. But the amount of detail, apparently, that this kid was spewing was just insane. So, you know, it, it was becoming apparent to them that Ryan, his dreams were seeming more like memories. Especially when you're dreaming that you're inside somebody else's body, okay? So... His parents noted that Ryan would, would make unusual comments like, Oh, I used to be big, but, but now I'm little. And 
things like, I liked it better when, when I was big and I, could, and I could go wherever I wanted to. Now, he would, he would see pictures of, of the Hollywood Hills on, on television and things like that, and he would point to the TV and he would say, oh my God, that was my home. Now, he, he would recall things that a five-year-old wouldn't, that, okay, he, a five-year-old wouldn't know these things. Like, like, like drinking certain amounts of, or drinking certain types of, of, uh, of, you know, liquor and things like that. Um, there was one specifically, I think it was called, it was True Aid. Okay. This was like a, like a cola drink, a soft drink that was, uh, popular in California in the 1940s, but stopped its production in the sixties. Okay. So it's, it's just weird. So then, okay. The breaking point came when he was five years old, when Ryan, uh, told his mom, mom, I have something that I got to tell you. I used to be somebody else. He flat out said it. He was five years old. He was like, I need to talk to you, mom. I used to be somebody else. Now, Ryan then went on to explain to his parents that he was from Hollywood. Um, and he actually asked his parents if they could go back to Hollywood some point and, and visit. You know, and he told stories of meeting famous movie stars, traveling overseas, dancing on Broadway, and working for an agency where people would change their names. Now, this that's Hollywood, by the way, okay? So... You, you work at an agency or whatever and you want to be a movie star, most of those people that you saw on film, you know, they, they changed their names. They made them, you know, quote unquote, sexier. But here's, here's one thing really cool. He recalled living on a street with the word rocks in it, okay? Rocks in the name uh, and gave the age of his death even. And he said he died at the age of 61. He even spoke of of the time between his past life and when he chose to return with his current mother as his mom. I mean, just crazy, crazy stuff. Now, there's more to this. So, Ryan's family were, they were all very devout Christians that didn't necessarily believe in reincarnation. They believed, you know, once you died, you went to heaven, you went to hell or whatever. And, you know, they were so afraid of, of this story basically coming out because they were uh, Baptists. So they were afraid that their Baptist church would be angry, you know, if they if they found out what their son was was claiming. So long story short, the, the church actually did find out, but they they weren't terrible about it. They actually helped and were supportive of uh, of the mom and dad and, and the son, Ryan. So telling nobody, though, <clears throat> Ryan's mother secretly started browsing through countless like Hollywood books from the library and she's basically trying to figure out what the hell was going on with her son until one day um, she says we found the picture and it changed everything so the photo that she found was was a publicity shot from the 1932 movie entitled Night After Night uh, starring Mae West and that was her uh film debut now when ryan saw this picture he pointed at the picture and he said that's george we did a picture together now he then pointed to an another man 
in the shot and continued, and mama, that guy is me. I found me. Now, Ryan mentioned then a very memorable scene in the movie that featured a closet. Now, in the closet was full of, the closet itself was full of guns, okay? And his mother sought out the movie. She looked for the movie and on YouTube found the movie. And to her surprise, there was actually a scene with a closet full of guns. Now, I don't think that the the little kid probably knew, number one, how to navigate to YouTube. Most don't know how to navigate the web in general. And then to specifically find this movie. I mean, we have to remember how young this child is, but anyway. Um, it says, finally finding a face to match her son's uh, memories. Uh, the family contacted Dr. Jim Tucker, an associate professor, psychiatry, uh, neurobehavioral sciences at the University of Virginia. And it says, Tucker had decades of experience uh, researching reincarnation events related to children, which we all know now, you know, these stories have really come into the forefront. I mean, there's even a television show, and the name's escaping me right now, but yeah. Uh, So the family insisted that their identity remain secret, and then together they sought answers for their son's strange memories. So... A researcher was able to identify the man that Ryan had pointed to. Now, luckily, despite not having a speaking role in the movie, okay, the guy was just an extra. This actor was just an extra. The man was listed in the credits as Marty Martin, okay? And it's uh, Marty, M-A-R-T-Y, and Martin is spelled M-A-R-T-Y-N. It's believed that Martin had a speaking part that was later cut from the movie, and thus that's why he's listed... Uh, in the credits. So Martin had been a former movie extra who went on to become uh, a powerful Hollywood agent. The unlikely reference to the obscure actor was such a minor part allowed the family to identify him in public records. They contacted Martin's heirs and got some, uh, in some cases, discovered details about uh, Marty Martin's life. You know, where they... And this is really where it gets a little freaky then because it says, uh, and this is a quote here. It says, if you look at a picture of a guy with no lines in a movie and then tell me about his life, I don't think many of us would have come up with Marty Martin's life. Because, I mean, the guy was not necessarily well known. So yet Ryan here provided many details that really did fit with this guy's life with Marty Martin's life. And he says, together they confirmed more than 55 details that Ryan had provided about Marty Martin's life. Now, Ryan described his mother, uh, which matched descriptions of Martin's own mother, down to the color of her hair, even. He claimed uh, an association with Rita Hayworth, which was proven to be near certain when... Uh, Martin's daughter confirmed that Marty did indeed know her. Martin likely had contacts with Marilyn Monroe, too, as his wife wife's family knew her very well. Uh, Martin's family confirmed that Marty was an av- avid beachgoer and loved to go there, sit, watch the surfers, things like that. Ryan, you see, had recalled frequent sunburns and 
his quote, you know, taking girls to the beach. So they found out that Martin was not just a just a movie extra, okay? Now, as Ryan had stated, he also danced on Broadway. And it's true. Marty Martin was in a production on Broadway called Gay Paris in uh, back in 1925. And they found that he had even traveled overseas to Paris and uh, tired of was tired of being passed over for acting roles. He actually opened a Hollywood talent agency, Marty Martin Agency, where stage names were often created for new clients. And as for the street with the word rocks, remember that. He lived on a street with the word rocks in it. They actually found out that Martin had lived at 825 North Roxbury Drive in Beverly Hills. Now, is all of this then definitive? No, not necessarily. So, one particularly confusing memory that Ryan often spoke of was Senator Five. Quote, unquote, Senator Five. Now, the name obviously sounded fake and kind of made up, and his parents weren't exactly sure where that memory ended and childhood imagination started. <laughs> um, so, Dr. Tucker, the researcher, uh, and he was researched and he, he thought he had found maybe an answer. He presented Ryan with five pictures. And of four people from the 1940s, Ryan pointed out one particular, and he says, That's Senator Five. Now, the person in the picture in question was uh, Senator Ives, a U.S. senator for 12 years during the 40s and 50s, who was also known for introducing the first state law to prohibit discrimination in employment, you know, based on race and color and uh, nationalities. Um, so that was a little a little freaky. Now, like I said, you know, Ryan went on to confirm more than 50 very particular things about about his past life as Martin. Now, he confirmed how many children Martin had had, which were five stepchildren and only one biological daughter. Now, how many times he had been married, um, which a highly unusual four broken marriages, okay? The type and color of cars that Marty and his wife had driven, and that he had played and owned several pianos and had an African-American maid. Um, that their home had an unusually large swimming pool in it. And he confirmed the number of sisters he had, which surprisingly revealed new details about Martin's life. Martin's family had thought that Marty had just one sister, while Ryan said that he had two. And the family did a little more digging of their own and discovered that Martin actually did have another sister um, that their family never really knew about. So, interesting stuff so far. Now, this is where it gets very interesting for me, personally. This is interesting. It says, one fact seemed uh, radically off. Very, very much so off, despite its significance. Ryan, uh, little Ryan, said... That he had died at the age of 61, and he was very, very certain the age was 61 when he died. Okay, now, Tucker had asked then asked the mother, I don't see why God would let you get to be 61 and then make you come back as a, as a baby. Martin's death certificate, though, 
on Martin's death certificate. It listed his age as 59 at the time of his death, which occurred, by the way, on Christmas Day. Kind of a bummer. December 25th of 1964. uh, Died of a cerebral hemorrhage due to complications from leukemia. So it seemed it seemed that Ryan was two years off. Okay, but not leaving the obvious error in Ryan's story untouched, Dr. Tucker and both families begin to research a little harder into Martin's history. And they found from a census record that Martin had in fact been born on May 19th of 1903, two years earlier than his death certificate had indicated. Now, that means then that he was in fact 61 years old when he died, which is precisely what Ryan had said. Okay? Now, isn't this, this is freaky shit, but we hear about things like this all the time. And like I said, we've touched on it before, but I came across this story and I wanted to, to dig in a little farther because stories like this absolutely fascinate me, you know, because kids, man, kids are freaky anyway. Okay. We all know this. Kids are freaky, but when they start spouting off shit like this and it's accurate, it's like, what do you do with that? Especially as a parent, what the hell do you do with that? Now, I think, you know, in the case of little Ryan, I think they did a great thing. I think, uh, I think it was fantastic what they did. The amount of digging that had to be done with all of this is, I mean, you got to give kudos to the parents for that. Because most parents, you know, we would just basically say, "Uh, you're full of shit. Or we would entertain it for a brief amount of time and chalk it up to the fact that "Eh, maybe my my kid's just uh, making stuff up. And then we would progress forward from there. So I don't know. I don't know. But I thought it was a very interesting story. And let us know what you think, guys. Let me know what you think. Or if you yourself have an interesting reincarnation story, I want to hear it. Um, like I said, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash ectoplasm show or on Twitter at ectoplasm show or just ectoplasm show at gmail.com. We're all over the place, people. You just got to find us um, all over the place. So, here in just a brief minute or so, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some more some more fun stuff. Are you troubled by strange noises in the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and call the professionals. Ghostbusters! Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you! Alright, so we are back. Now, let me, I'm gonna pull this up here because I was, uh, I was perusing. I was perusing around the, uh, on Facebook. Let me move the mic here. So, now, you know, I'm a, I'm a member of a lot of different uh, 
you know, pages and things like that on Facebook. And I'm looking through one of them and, uh, who was, it was, uh, okay. Somebody posted this, this video and it says you UFO over Virginia, USA with a, uh, question mark. Now, if you look at it, like if you find this video and I'm sure you can, um, yeah, I'm sure it's all over YouTube and, and things like that by now. But it's just UFO over Virginia, USA, with a question mark afterwards. And if you look at it, like I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up here real quick and I'm just gonna try to watch it again. It's like it looks like a, a UFO, but it, it's it's uh sitting over a cliff, you know, or a, a little mound or whatever, but it's it's not moving necessarily. It's a triangular craft and it's rotating. Okay, it's sitting there and it's just rotating. Um, it's weird. Um, it, so, I mean, obviously, most likely, let's be honest, most likely this is a hoax. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a uh, higher quality than I've seen from a lot of, like, you know, UFO type videos and things like that. So. It makes you wonder, but like I said, it's a uh, triangular craft, and it's got like a bulge type thing on the bottom and a bulge on the top. Um, it's interesting. It's it's very very interesting. So I don't know if you guys want to check that out, please do so. Um, like I said, UFO over Virginia, USA, with a question mark after it. Um, check it out. Let me know what you think of that. Um, I don't know. This is kind of becoming a kind of a double-edged sword is what it kind of seems like just because it it's very hard to tell anymore what's what's real and what's fake and you know there there is a lot of people there are a lot of people I should say out there that don't have a lot of shit to do it seems. They're just fucking bored apparently. And you know Nowadays, you know, if you got 20 bucks or whatever, you can take a, a video from your from your phone. You know, you, we all have these nice little freaking cameras just laying around in our pockets right now. And you can take this uh, this video and then you can throw it into a, uh, a video editing program. And you can make something, you know, ordinary become extraordinary. So... And, I mean, it really only takes a few clicks. It's not that big of a deal. So, like I said, it's kind of a double-edged sword because it's like you don't know who to believe anymore. And so it's kind of a pain in the ass, especially from where we sit, you know. Um, we're all kind of out there. Yes, maybe some of us believe, maybe some of us don't believe, and maybe we're just kind of on the fence. But all these... Um, all these videos are really doing is just setting us back more and more and more people that are faking these these videos it's just yeah it's hurting us it's hurting the field i should say nobody's going to fucking take us seriously i mean that's a given especially with the more and more videos that come out nobody's going to fucking take us serious so that is what it is um but yeah you know like i said check it out tell me what you think like i said it's it's very well done. Whoever did it, it's very well done. So, kudos to them. 
for doing it. And if it is real, then shit, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to move to a bunker underground (laughs) somewhere. (laughs) Anyway, oh my God. But yeah, like I said, check it out. Let me know what you think. It's, um, I don't know. It's definitely one of the higher quality videos I've seen. You know, it's, it's interesting. So give it a look and yeah, make your own decision on that, I guess. So yeah, we got all sorts of interesting things going on over here. Um, let's see. I know next week, I am insanely excited, to say the very least. Um, next week's episode is going to be with one of my absolute favorite authors, uh, Marie D. Jones. And I I absolutely can't wait. I cannot wait to get her on the phone and and discuss this. I mean, she has this new book, okay? And it's called uh, Mind Wars. Who's been watching you from the shadows? So uh, it's a history of like mind control, surveillance, and social engineering by the government, media, and and, uh, secret societies. So this is my, uh, this is kind of my homework assignment for for this coming week and all that. and so, yeah, I've got a lot to do, and I cannot wait, like I said, to get her on the phone and uh, and really start picking her brain because she is one of the coolest people, one of the coolest people ever, especially in, in this paranormal field or community or whatever you want to call it. So, um, But, yeah, I think for right now, we're going to wrap the show. And all of that fun stuff. And then I can really start get cracking on uh, on some good questions to ask. And uh, But like I said, I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview uh, that we have coming up next Friday. Tell your friends uh, and uh, have them tune in as well. This is definitely a show that you're not going to to want to miss at all. This is going to be... It's going to be one for the books. That's for damn sure. Um, but yeah. So go ahead and uh, shoot me a line. Drop me a line. I want to hear from you. I want to hear how everybody's doing. Um, and all that fun stuff. So go ahead and, uh, like I said, drop me a line. Ectoplasmshow at gmail.com. Or um, get on Facebook. Facebook.com slash ectoplasmshow. And uh, we can start doing some fun stuff over there too. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking that we're gonna do a giveaway very soon. I hope if all if all goes to plan, then we will do this. So, um, but yeah, go ahead and uh, if you guys want to check out more on uh, all things paranormal, go over to theghostfiles.tv. Check out what we got going on over there. We are about to uh, about to release the uh, tour dates for my movie, A Brush With Evil, on the West Coast. So if you guys are over on the West Coast of, uh, of the United States, go ahead and do that. Um, it's also looking like we are going to be releasing the film 
uh, for everybody, um, digital download type style or, uh, or just a view, you know, you could just view it or you can download it or do whatever you want. Um, but that's looking like it'll be in early October and yeah, so there you go early October and you'll be able to see it. Um, and then we can do some more fun stuff from there, but I'm going to wrap this show up and I hope everybody's doing well and I will talk to you all very, very soon. See you later. Make it a rule. Never to get involved with your best people. Mm. Mm. Actually, it's more of a guideline rule. And I know what I saw, and that's not what you're telling me what I saw. <laughs>